You read her every day at mistressmatisse.blogspot.com. You've probably downloaded this podcast at work. Be warned, this podcast contains frank discussions of sexuality, SM, and perhaps even a lawn gnome joke or two. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time again for the Mistress's Podcast. I give you the one, the only, the Mistress. Do not adjust the horizontal. Do not adjust the vertical. <laughs> for the next however many minutes, we are in control. I don't know what there is to say. <laughs> Greetings once again. This is Monk, and I am doing my introductory job uh, for the Mistresses podcast. And this episode, episode 27B, we're going to call All in the Family. Why is it All in the Family there, my dear? Because we have some special guests with us today. All right. Shall I go? Please. All right. Now, probably on... Oh, oh, we do it on, on NPR. Sitting stereo right from me is your long-term partner... The infamous Max. Say hello, Max. Hello, Max. <laughs> Sitting hello, even, Monk. Hello, Memphis. Even more stereo right, or you'd be writer, is his partner, Puck. I'm more right, and hello. <laughs> You're the rightest, babe. <laughs> and of course, always on the far left, is me, and less left than me, is Matisse. That made absolutely no sense. I'm thoroughly confused. I have no idea. We'll have a chart available, uh, a seating chart that came out. There'll be a test on this later. So yes, we're all here together, all four of us, and um, this is awesome, because I've been trying to get Max to come down here for a while and talk with us and hang out and generally be silly. And uh, so I'm glad that he's here, and I'm glad that Puck came along as well. So all of you have... uh, asked me questions about, you know, who's this Max guy, and I get around and call him Darth Vader, and, uh, but in fact, he's a fabulous person, and so I thought I would bring him down and ask him some questions uh, so that you could get to know him a little better. So without further ado, we're going to do that. Alrighty. <laughs> ask, ask away. You have to sort of plunge in and interrupt people around here, or you'll never get a word in edgewise, not with Monk and I around anyway. Does, does he need to do the special breathing? I was hoping not. I kind of practiced that, and I don't really do the Darth thing very well. Oh. Well, he, he, you did leave your helmet outside. So, I did. Yes. And the little mouthpiece thingy. And yeah, exactly. All of that. Yeah. Exactly. I have this cool cape on, though. It is. It is quite fed. Oh, don't, don't. You're going to step on it, oh, though. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We are in our small bunker where we record this in our secret location underneath the bridge. There's room for everybody to step on the cape. Exactly. It's so small in here. <laughs> but there's no trolls. There's no cool. trolls, and we've already convinced that this is zombie-proof. So welcome to our bunker, Max and Puck. So we've talked about all in the family and bunker now, and I'm a little worried because I'm thinking Archie, and I'm just I can't get it out of my head. I'm sorry. Oh, wow, that was good. But, but no, let's not go. Go there. ahead. Yeah, let's go, let's, let's go another direction. Okay. Please. So so let's back up a little bit, and, and I would like for you, my darling Max, because all of my readers know you as this, you know, awesome you know, power top. Uh, but like everybody else in the world, you actually did not like, you know. Well, actually, you did start out tying knots and stuff really young because you were a Boy Scout. Uh, but uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved in the BDSM community? I'd be happy to do that. And in fact, let me let me wind up all the way to the Boy Scout part just because it's sort of fun. I'm uh, I'm in my 50s, so I'm an old fart. Um, and uh, I indeed was a Boy Scout starting at 11 when you're supposed to start Boy Scouting. Um, and pr- maybe more significantly, I was a sailor for a lot of years, starting also at about 11 or 12. So had a lot of rope work and a lot of knot stuff in my background and pretty much went from 11 to 
my uh, early 30s thinking that the reason that rope existed was to like haul sails up and uh, tie logs together and stuff like that. Um, and in about 89, I had a, a relationship change and kind of had an opportunity to explore my, my own sexuality a little bit. And uh, had always sort of thought, kinky thoughts, and just sort of thought that nobody really did any of this stuff. And began exploring that a little bit and have a, have a little story I'd like to tell. Um, this was all pre-internet, if any of you remember that. Um, and so, <laughs> yes, no, nobody does. Okay. Um, so, so in about uh, 1989, I was uh, cruising dirty bookstores because that was the source of sexual information at the time for for me at least, and for many of us. And on the wall was a, a bulletin board, by which I mean a, a thing with cork on it and thumbtacks. And there was a eight and a half by eleven thing advertising a kinky group down in Oregon. I was on a business trip called Orgasm. And it was the Oregon Association of SM, and they had little tear-off phone numbers at the bottom of this thing. So I tore off a phone number because I was very excited to just to find out that apparently there were people out there that actually did kinky stuff. Um, so I tore off a phone number, uh, which luckily didn't say anything on the little piece of paper except the phone number. It didn't say like sex or orgasm or kink or anything. And Herbert, I put, call here. Well, yeah, I was, see, I was afraid that you know I would be run over by a bus and somebody would look in my wallet and find this thing that said kink and get me in trouble after and I was you, dead or yeah, something. Yeah, you, you used to be treated um, or something at the hospital. It was, yeah, it was exactly. puzzling in retrospect. So the puzzling part is I carried that phone number around for probably six or eight months uh, and was too frightened to call the phone number. Uh, and of course, in retrospect, I think to myself, nobody was going to like leap through the telephone and grab me and make me be kinky or something. But I, I, I truly was just frightened about calling this we phone number. And I carried it around and I pulled it out of my wallet regularly and looked at it, went, ah, and put it back in my wallet. Um, and so a long time went by, and finally I worked up the nerve to go to a phone booth, remember phone booths, and uh, I called that phone number and it was disconnected. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, no. So, so another, another uh, year or so went by, and uh, I heard something about something happening in a bar in Seattle, and there was a, a uh, bar with a little basement play area, and I went in there, and sure enough, there were people there who were like flogging each other and doing a little bit of rope work. And I thought, oh my God, this is real. People actually do this. Um, and one thing led to another, but uh, sort of my next, uh, there was a, a store in town called Sin at that point uh, that was a good Sin. entry point for me. They sold kinky stuff and, and they actually steered me to a party in Vancouver, BC, which I went to when I was up there with my then partner. And they said, oh, you're from Seattle. Surely you're involved in this group called Kinky Couples. Uh, and I said, what? And so they, up in Vancouver, BC, told me how to get a hold of a Seattle group that I had not heard of. And that was kind of the beginning of my uh, my kinky career there. Wow, I remember kinky couples. I went to some kinky couples parties way back in the day. Can we just pause here for just a half a second? Everyone who has a computer in front of you, think how freaking lucky you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot easier to get information now than it was. There were pretty much no pictures and no bulletin boards and backs no. of magazines yeah. was and oh, so, yeah. so don't complain i can't find the scene you have no idea yeah. how easy you got it yeah i had to get those terrible swingers magazines with oh, the newsprint God. and the, the newsprint blurry picture. pictures of the guy in the executioner mask and stuff yeah oh bad. yeah he's bad yeah he's and the bad. bad leather harnesses oh Ooh. they're very bad are there, are there any good oh, i guess there are some good leather harnesses there's some good leather harnesses but there, you know mostly on gay men there's yeah. some good chests underneath leather harnesses yeah i've seen them yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah. again mostly on gay men yeah, yeah. yeah. mostly yeah. on gay men <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
Um, well, that's uh, yeah, that's a crazy, and I love the story about the phone number because yeah, I, I I did things like that myself way back. It's like you get this little piece of information and you kind of just walk around with it, kind of just thinking, what what do I do now? I, mm-hmm. I don't know where this is gonna go. What what it's done is it's made me very sympathetic. You know, when I when I'm approached by people now who say, "Gosh, I'm scared. I want to come to a workshop, or I want to take a lesson, or I want to go to a party," and and uh, really all of us, or at least many of us uh, who aren't as as uh, as brave as you, Matisse, um, find ourselves sitting in parking lots or carrying a phone number or somehow hesitating to connect. And it's it's not as bad as you think it is once you do it. In fact, it's usually pretty good. But a lot of us carry some fear around before that first contact. Yeah, I mean, I will go to take that a step further in that like the classes that you teach, you're specifically your, you know, your bondage 101 classes. And I always tell people who are in the Seattle community when they're looking for where do I start when customers come to me, I was like, Go this way. Go go to you know one of the Bondage 101 classes with the, at the now this Seattle Center for Sex Positive Culture. It's been under the wet spot for us. And um, I mean, I remember when I was first coming into the community, going to your classes and attending the Bondage to the Point parties. And you were always there talking to the new people, kind of okay, welcome to this. This is okay. This is sort of that safe new spot to be. You're really nice that way. You're yeah. much nicer than I am, frankly. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, come on, get over it. Just, just come on. Just, just up. Um, okay, well, so that's how you got started as a, as a kinky person, and uh, I'm glad that you did. And uh, even though we've been partners for nine years, I actually knew you socially for some years before that. I can't remember kind of seeing you around. It's like, oh, there's that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, I remember being invited to one of your early parties, parties that you did with... Uh, a former partner and showing up with my then partner and being very very excited about being invited to a Matisse party it was like it was a big deal I was excited about it for months <laughs> I'm glad you were yeah it was this ramshackle little dungeon that I had over in what's the, the Cascade district it was this little lean-to I mean it was just a terrible little building the whole thing just sort of rattled when you went down the hall but but I had some good parties there. we called it the second circle dungeon really? uh, yeah and it was my first professional dungeon space and it was just a little hole in the wall but uh, but yeah, we had some parties. No, so it was funny. it was a real dungeon, and it was like a real party with like movers and shakers in the kink community. And I was just ooh, I was excited to be there. That's <laughs> funny because I remember when I first before we ever started dating, and one of the very first opportunities for me to go to the movers and shakers party was one of your guys' house parties, <laughs> and how psyched we were. <laughs> Yeah, my partner Tambo and I to go, oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna party at Max and Matisse's house. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Oh that just charms <laughs> me. Yeah. That just charms me. And again, I mean part of the theme here I think is it's I mean, it's easy to forget how exciting this is for new people and how scary and, and what the barriers to entry are, if you will. And it's that is why I try and be nice to new folks, is I, I remember that. I mean I remember going to Matisse's party and just I I was I would not say I was frightened at that point, but I was very much uh, minding my P's and Q's and told my partner, you know, you behave yourself. And several, <laughs> several parties later, I invited a pair of guests with permission mm-hmm. and sort of had a whole little protocol discussion with them because this was not like just any other regular party. This was a Matisse party. And and so now when I give parties, it's like, I understand why people are, you know, as you said, it's like, oh, this is a big deal, even though to deal. me it's like, oh, let's have a bunch of people over. Mm-hmm. And then we have Puck, who actually is like the most fresh of all of us. And very fresh, very dewy-eyed. You are oh, very look at the shine. <laughs> yes, shine. And you actually met Max at one of his workshops, didn't you? I did. Yes, my former par- partner took me to one of Max's workshops. 
little did he know where we would end up <laughs> with him, a for former partner and Max, my current partner. Although I will say, like you, before I went to this workshop, I sat in the parking lot and cried, thinking oh. I could not go in and do oh. this scary, scary thing. Oh, did you really? <laughs> I did, yes. Oh, that's I so did. cute. I sat in the, in the parking lot of the wet spot, now the CSPC, and cried my little heart out. <laughs> yeah. And then you went in. And then I went in. Okay. <laughs> Thank Which goodness is, I was yep. brave. <laughs> and it turned out all right so far. So far. All right. Yes, it turned out two wonderful. Years, two years later. More than that now. Yeah. Three, three and a half since I first started. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yep. So it kind of drives home this idea that we all started somewhere and it was find this new information, excited and terrified. And so that feeling, if you're have that have that phone number or that you know there's a party or something in your wallet, and you're probably feeling excited and terrified, guess what? We all mm -hmm. did. And and be brave because the excited part is actually worth the terrified part, yeah. and it's probably not as bad as you think it's going to be, and probably the excited part is actually even better than you think it's going to be. Um, I'd like to go back, Monk, to your comment about education too, because. I, wherever you are, even if you're not in Seattle and lucky enough to have the wet spot as a resource, um, I really think education is a great entry path for a lot of people. It's not it, it's not as scary as showing up at a party and having to like be dressed right and it's dark and it's loud and you've got to talk to people and people are talking to you and it's doing scary stuff. Workshops are pretty much, you know, folding chairs and bright lights and you certainly have to encounter other people, but it's in general, I think, often a less threatening environment than going to a party. I agree. And I encourage people to really think about that wherever you are. Education's a great way to sort of find community. I agree. And just in general, I mean, what we do, the more education you have is better. And so even if you think you've, you've got everything you, you down and you have all the community that you need, there is always more to learn. There's always more people to meet. And so it's always, it's a good place to start. It's a good place to continue going. I guess the point I want to make with that. I hear that, and hear what people sometimes say to me is, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if rope is really my thing. I'm like, you know what? A, you don't really know that until you try. And B, even if this isn't your fetish to end all fetishes, information is never a waste. And again, you're going someplace with, you know, people that you can talk to who are kinky or into the scene. It's a social environment. Um, without being a threatening social environment. And so, yeah, even if even if the mere thought of like tying someone's wrist together does not make you wet or hard or, you know, engorged or anything, if, if it's there, just just go. Why not? What can, you know, I, what's wrong? You know, waste an afternoon. It'll be fun. Exactly. So. And you'll get the opportunity to meet new people. Exactly. Yep. Who are like you. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the what if rope isn't your thing for just a sec, because um, I did have... Uh, a whole chapter in my kinky career with a former partner before Matisse and I started up, which none of which really counts for anything, but, <laughs> but, but did oh, consume, yeah. but did consume a lot of years. Um, and, uh, and I, I was new to kink and I learned a bunch of stuff and I did a bunch of stuff and I enjoyed flogging and I enjoyed single tailing and I enjoyed bondage a little bit. And I enjoyed a whole lot of different kinds of things that we all do, you know, clothespins and, um, and had always been good at bondage because of that sailing and, and boy scouting and all of that, but had never really considered myself a bondage specialist um, or treated it as anything very different from a lot of the other activities I did. Um, and when I met Matisse, uh, one of her interests was bondage. And so one of the cool things that happened, and, and I guess sort of the thing I want to generalize, is a lot of what we do as tops or as bottoms 
uh, is directed by the people we're with and what they like. And it's not like you want to be doing something that you just hate and that's unpleasant. But um, doing something with a partner who really enjoys it will increase your own pleasure a lot. And so it's sometimes difficult to predict whether you're going to enjoy, for instance, bondage, because it's not all about whether you like tying knots. It's also about do you like the response that it generates in somebody who likes it. So... All of which is just a really nice way of saying that, you know, uh, Max became a really great bondage top to get into my pants. Yeah, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. And it worked. And can you blame him? Yeah, they're nice pants. They're nice. And I am just thrilled to pieces about that. Uh, <laughs> and I just want them to stay there. So um, <laughs> I could just start. Boy, we're going to have a lot of new bondage tops. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I hate to use the word filled, but um, uh, <laughs> let's just say that my needs are taken care of very well in that department, given the two men that I'm sitting between. Uh, so anyway, moving right along from that. Uh, <laughs> um, so so you became this amazingly fabulous bondage top. Uh, you're the best bondage top. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. In my not so humble opinion. So and then you began to teach. So t- can you talk a little bit about like? going from, I'm doing this with my partners too, I want to teach other people about that. I would love to talk about that. Um, again, I, I've, I've taught for uh, a bunch of years in a bunch of different contexts, uh, going back for a long time. Um, and one of the things that I have always believed is that A, you don't really understand something well until you teach it, and B, for me, teaching it is is a big part of the enjoyment. It's, it's, it's a whole separate charge to not only do something I like doing, but teach it. Um, so when Matisse and I started up, I actually watched and uh, uh, assisted with some of Matisse's workshops that she was teaching at the time. Uh, and, and of course, you're a fabulous instructor, Thank even you. though you are often reluctant to do it. But, <laughs> um, but at that point, uh, I watched some of that and thought, well, this is cool. And then pretty early on, The Stranger did a, a thing in town um, that was uh, sort of part workshop, part little mini event. And uh, I did some co-instructing there with a gentleman named James Mogul, who went on to great fame with Nawa Shibari. Um, and also was offered, about the same time, was offered an opportunity to teach at an event called Living in Leather in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and did both of those and went, hey, this teaching bondage stuff is really cool. And, uh, and went on from there to really uh, get passionate about it. And at this point, I am teaching workshops pretty regularly. I teach about once a month at the wet spot uh, and I do private instruction and I've got events. Uh, I sort of try not to travel a lot and for, for um, somewhat to my surprise and, and great pleasure, I actually have some events coming up in Denver and in Minnesota and some other places around the country. Yeah, so well, can you tell us, we should probably wrap this up a little bit, but uh, you want to tell us about some of your upcoming stuff about where people can catch you and, uh, and um, what you're doing? I'd, I'd be pleased to. And I, and, Probably the, the quick version is uh, my website, bondagelessons.com, has got all my scheduling poop on it. Um, can I say poop? All my scheduling <laughs> I'm sorry that the, the FCC oh, is going to... The FCC doesn't regulate us, so just poop right Yay. away. Yeah. It's got all my scheduling poop on it and, and other stuff. Um, but uh, I do do a monthly workshop at the Wet Spot on the first Sunday of each month. Um, Puck is just cracking up behind you. <laughs> she she is. falling out at the word poop because she's about 11 no years old right now. Well, poop, 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 poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's... oh, God. This is when we need to go to video okay. because Puck has now turned a shade of sort of maroon. Um... Am okay. I going to have trouble recapturing the Darth Vader thing now? Uh, no. No, no, really. okay. no, no, no. All right. no. Okay. 
Um, early October, um, tentatively, we have James Mogul and Madison Young coming up to do some instruction at the wet spot. Um, wow. And yeah. uh, later in October, I'm going to Denver for an event called Denver Bound. Um, later, uh, I'm sorry, in September, I'm going to Minnesota to do some instruction, private instruction, and teach some lessons oh, yeah. for uh, Minnesota Rope. Um, there's a potential two-day uh, bondage intensive in Portland coming up in October. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and in January, we have the fabulous Midori coming back to do some rope instruction and probably another dinner event like we did last year with Midori. So there's lots of stuff coming up, both uh, things that I'm producing with other people instructing and things that I'm instructing. And then, of course, there is your workshop the first Sunday of every month at the What Spot, the, what, what is the long tail? Seattle right Center for Sex Positive Culture, cspc.org. It'll always be the wet spot. Tonight. Actually, it's not. That's not the website. The website is sexpositiveculture.org. Uh, yeah. Google the wet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Or, or go to bondagelessons.com and follow the links. Follow that's right. Bondagelessons.com. I remember when I bought you that URL. Yes. Yeah. And I went, well, internet? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. Amusingly enough, Matisse was actually kind of ahead of me on the whole internet and email thing, and I'm kind of the computer professional, and she's just this, you know, slip of a girl yeah. <laughs> but me. as usual she sort of runs circles around me in a bunch of contests so yeah oh thank you darling all right i think uh that will do it for this uh this episode you know 47c mm-hmm. hey, on the family 27b 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 you're so good I he was notes. taking notes ladies and gentlemen oh thank you so much for listening to us and thank you puck and max for coming to join us today you're welcome it was a pleasure to be here thank you And thank you, Monk. Not a problem, though. This has been the Mistresses Podcast. If you like what you've heard, check her out at mistressmatisse.com or read her daily blog at mistressmatisse.blogspot.com.